Welcome to the Men Matter Focus on Friends, the Director's Cut. On the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast, we give a fast five questions to organizations and resources that are particularly helpful to the spiritual man. Here, we go a little deeper with our guests and for you, the listener, more information and a better understanding of their mission. And now for the Focus on Friend Director's Cut. And welcome to Men Matters. This is the Director's Cut. We're with a longtime supporter of Man Up. You know, as men, you don't typically succeed by yourself. And there's no better example of that than Man Up. Before we even started the podcast for a couple of years, uh, we were encouraged by this native Texan who happened to be the executive pastor of Sugarland Baptist Church. He's now got a doctorate of theology. He's a rising star in ministry. Let's welcome Pastor Chris Curran. Oh, it's good to be with you, Bill. And uh, I do remember from the very get-go when we got in that little room upstairs and we had no idea where Man Up was going to go. And it's been just great to see uh, the six, seven, eight of y'all continue this on and glad to be with you today. Excellent. We want to go ahead and we have this Men Matter where we focus on different organizations and we really wanted to highlight you, your particular passion. Since you helped us, we have no doubt that you are out there since you're not with us at the, in Sugarland anymore. But we wanted to highlight you and uh, what you're doing now. And so if you would go ahead and uh, we want to talk uh, with you about uh, the organization that you're with now. Oh, no problem. I am the pastor of Southland Baptist Church in San Angelo, Texas. And go ahead and just give a little bit of about the mission of Southland Baptist and uh, maybe just talk a little bit of, uh, about the difference or the transition from going from Sugarland, where you were the executive pastor when we first met you. Right. So, uh, we like say Southland Baptist uh, exists to uh, help people uh, transform, be nurtured and transformed by God, nurtured in Christ, and sent in the Spirit. That, that's kind of our mission statement. Um, and I think, as you know, uh, but the listeners don't, it was really wild when I came here because their former pastor is now your senior pastor. <laughs> right. So kind of just switched places. And, uh, you know, Taylor Sandlin was here for 10 years, and he did an incredible job and, and, and really, you know, was a wonderful pastor here. I am number five, so I'm the fifth pastor. Uh, Southland started in 1978 uh, here in San Angelo, out here in West Texas. The uh, town was expanding down into the south, and there was a group of people who wanted to be a Baptist church and do a little differently than they've done in the past. And so they started Southland Baptist, and they've kept to their historic roots uh, of being that church that wants to transform people's hearts, see them accept Christ, be nurtured and discipled, and to be sent in the Spirit's power to do the work God might have for them. Excellent. So uh, San Angelo, is, is that a college town? Well, it, it's interesting. So we're out here in West Texas. Uh, they, they like to say, you, you got to be wanting to go to San Angelo it to get here. I don't know if this is true, but I've been told we are the largest city that is not on an interstate. So our town has two big institutions. Um, and that is one, as you said, Angelo State University, which they have, I think about 7,000 resident students. And they say they have over 10,000 college students. 
And then the other big partnership we have out here is the Air Force Base. So we have a um, Air Force Base out here. And I have been told between the people who are on the base, retired people, that 10% of the 100,000 people who live here can somehow be uh, connected back to that military base. Oh, so you have a uh, large veteran uh, presence in, uh, in your uh, congregation. Um, we do, uh, you know, not, not as large as you think, but yeah, there are a lot of veterans in this town and it's an interesting military base. I like to think it's the perfect uh, size city because uh, the town loves the Air Force Base and the Air Force Base loves the town. Um, so that's, that's a, been a mutual benefit for both. And I understand you being the senior pastor, you have to oversee all the uh, ministry opportunities that go on with Southland Baptist, but kind of wanted to uh, steer your attention to what you see as the current state of uh, men of faith. You bet. Um, you know, I, I think one thing pastors, anyone's working right now during COVID-19 is, especially where I live, we have a lot of people in the oil field and that has dried up and you've had people get unemployed um, because of COVID-19 and, and, and lose their job. And I think when a man, a lot of time a man's identity is in his job. And so that's been going on out here. Um, and, so, and so I think that's, that's one of the big things in, in, that we deal with on a day in and day out basis. The, the other thing I think with men is they're not always really good with um, seeking out community, asking for help. Um, somehow we think we're supposed to have this rugged individual pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and do it on our own. And, you know, as we read scripture, that, that's just not the way it works. Uh, Christ is the head of the church and the church is the body of Christ. And uh, I wish a lot of times, whether it's employment issues or marital issues or, or mental issues, um, that men would reach out. Um, for an example, in our church, we have a Stephen ministry. And I think your church has a Stephen ministry as well. And that's where if you're going through a tough time, a lay person can be put together with a lay minister that would help them walk through day in and day out issues. Well, we always have women looking for Stephen ministers. And, you know, we sometimes our women Stephen ministers have one or, or two women. But right now we have more Stephen ministers who are men than men who want Stephen ministers. And several different times I've made that recommendation. Hey, I think this could help. And they said, okay, I'll listen to you. And then they never get back to me. And I think if men would reach out and be connected with other men and seek out the body of Christ and the community. Um, there's so many times someone's been in my office and I thought, man, I wish they were here six months ago. I really could have probably helped them in what they were doing. And it would have a lot less pain than what it is today. So I, I think that was one of the things that we see, and I, I think that maybe a lot of churches, faith-based communities see is getting plugged into that men's ministry community um, would be so beneficial for men. You really hit on a topic that is dear to my heart and the fellows of Man Up, uh, death by despair and suicide by neglect. Uh, we call, you know, death by despair, uh, men lose their job, they lose a relationship, 
they go into despair, alcoholism, and it spirals down into homelessness. Or on the other side, suicide by neglect. And you, you see men that uh, are so committed to either their job or their family, they'll take care of everything but themselves. And so we've started uh, highlighting that, and that's part of why we started uh, Men Matter, because the uh, age of mortality for men is five years less than women. And what we're trying to do is trying to help people by identifying the issues that we feel that contribute to that. And I don't know if you remember back in uh, Man Up, but, uh, but we had a saying back then, if you're awesome, say it. Because men, they try to be the best they can in, in school and athletics and at work, and yet they, they aren't able to talk about it or don't feel that they can without necessarily bragging. And so they hold that in. And then when they have some type of issue that goes against them, like, like what you mentioned with unemployment or losing a relationship, they go into that despair and they don't talk about that either. So that is a big thing about, uh, about man up and men matter and why we started this. Um, I just want to kind of go in uh, how you've seen this kind of change over the years, the, uh, the state of men of faith. You know, I don't know where you're going specifically with that, Bill, but I will dive down into this community, uh, the church, the body, if that's okay with you. I, I just finished my doctorate and my uh, concentration was biblical hospitality. And, you know, I think when we think of hospitality, we think of hotels and travel and leisure, and that's where you can go get a degree in. And, you know, we, we've rented out hospitality to the world where my definition for biblical hospitality was making room for the stranger. And let's take that, we could take that in the men's ministry, is, is making room for another brother in Christ in your life. And I think if we as men had that idea that let's make room for another man as a friend, as a brother in my life, and let's look for that and let's be connected to that, it would be different because I think we live so much of, I'm gonna do it on my own. I think I need to have all the right answers. Why can't I fix this for myself? And we go around all day thinking that, hey, I'll do this a little bit better and we're gonna fix this and we're gonna fix that. And, and we forget two truths. One is that we can't fix anything. Jesus Christ has already fixed it with his work on the cross. And if we submit to that and accept that, then there's freedom in that. And the second thing is there's no problem that we're going through as a man that we don't have another brother of Christ who's already gone through that problem. And we don't have to feel strange that we don't have it all together by age 30 or 40 or 50 or, or 60 or whatever that stage is. And you know, I'll tell you a story that I've learned from a mentor, which really spoke to me. He told me that most of the time when men make phone calls to other men, it's almost always about work. It's almost always about something, hey, I need you to do this, and could you do this for the 
maybe kids soccer team or can you volunteer here or do you have that spreadsheet for work and he said you know women are so much better of calling other women and just checking in on them to see how they're doing as human beings than men and he told me the story that a lot of times when men retire they don't have anybody to call because their whole life all they've been doing is calling people to do something for them or for work or ha have a job and and he told me he said you know if you would get in the habit of just calling one or two of your guy friends a week and just checking in on them say hey man i was thinking about you how is it going it's amazing what that would do for your life and i have put that discipline into my life that i have i have some guys i talk to maybe once or twice a month outside of where i live um i have some that i talk once every three months but i have a discipline that each week i'm going to call some friends and just check in and see how they are doing um it's amazing i, I know it might not sound what you typically would do or what would i say to them but I, I think that's one discipline that you could put into your life to continue to form community and I'm willing to go down this road with you of how else we can do it, but I think that would be of importance and maybe there's a practical step there that some guys out there might want to try and, and make that list I, that they might start those phone calls. No question about it. And, and that is such a great point. And one of the things that I've saw over the years, uh, biggest challenge to getting men involved is just to get men to take a little bit of their time uh, to get involved. Uh, what do you see as the biggest challenges to getting men involved in ministry? In, in ministry or just involved in all? I, I mean, I think you hit a big time time. And I think, you know, uh, with COVID-19 occurring and everybody going back home, one thing we have heard from numerous families is, we had just over-programmed ourselves to death. We had something going on every single night of the week. We were gone all the time. And we just over-programmed ourselves. And they said, hey, we don't want to do that anymore. And, and so I hope we as the church, as men in the church, we reprioritize um, maybe some of the things we were doing. And find out, hey, this is time is for God, this time is for our family, and this is time for uh, the church and different opportunities. I think the other thing we could do, I, I remember in my biblical hospitality uh, concentration, I made a comment, I said, the two game changers for people not interacting with each other was air conditioning and the television set. And now you could say <laughs> streaming. Because once before you had air conditioning, you were outside talking to your neighbors, uh, barbecuing uh, hamburgers and seeing what was going on in the in the community in which you were living. And then the air conditioner happened, the TV happened, and now we got Netflix, Prime, Hulu, whatever you have. And basically, you never have to leave your house. Um, and somehow, we have to be more intentional in, in taking down those barriers and, and finding time to be in community. It's interesting, I was just studying Luke's, the Gospel of Luke. If you'll notice how much of Jesus's ministry took place around the table. I think in the Gospel of Luke, you can find 10 instances of Jesus having meals with each other. Um, and, you know, a big image for me in the church and 
a big image. I know where you meet. You meet around a big table upstairs in that room, if that's still the same room. Right, right. And I, I think the idea of, you know, meeting and, and, and around a table might be an image that uh, could be held on to. I'm glad that you brought that up about uh, prioritizing because this COVID-19, uh, of course, it's, it, believe me, it's been a bad thing for a lot of people. But one thing I think it has done is, is it has made people slow down because we just didn't have the opportunity to go out and to run ourselves to death because, you know, nothing was available. So it's taught us to reprioritize ourselves. And uh, at this point in time, we have a couple of uh, tropical storms that are bearing down on, on the Houston area. And I'm reminded of the time when we got uh, hit by Hurricane Harvey. And I think you were still in the Sugarland area during that time where my whole block was out of power. And so we were out in the street talking to our neighbors for the first time in months where we actually had had a little bit of community and we only brought to, brought that together because of the crisis and i think that's that's where men shine unfortunately we shouldn't wait until we have a crisis before we take the opportunity uh to be with our neighbors and stuff what changes do you think that we need to make to, I, I feel that there's men of faith out there and, and the numbers uh, show it by the amount of downloads that we get for our podcast, but how to reach men of faith that aren't participating on a regular basis rather than as a consumer, but someone that would actually get involved so you're asking how do we reach more men to be involved specifically in the church and is that the question i think so so often what we do is we try to get them busy by having uh service opportunities in order to get men busy but i feel there's times when the lead dog needs to be fed. And I feel that men are leaders of not only their families, but typically of their work environment. Uh, they might be a manager, uh, but also of uh, you know their community and should be a leader in faith too. But there's a time when we need to offer them more than just a service opportunity, uh, an opportunity to get busier but an opportunity to, for them to be fed. That whole Paul Timothy, I'm preaching a, a sermon series out of Second Timothy. The whole idea that maybe you had a man in your life that was mentoring you. And, you know, if you got to be about 30 years of age, you know, that you had some man, young man, college student who you were mentoring. You know, if we kind of had that idea that there was a, I had a Paul in my life who's older and wiser that I was connected to that was feeding into my life. But then there was somebody else, whether that was a young college student or a young adult now that I am kind of a meeting adult that I'm pouring my life into. 
that's not a program. Um, that that's men being men in relationship. Um, sharing uh, life together. Now that doesn't mean there's not the place for the men's study group and the place for the support groups and the place for all those issues for men. But you know, I think if we had that, if everybody kind of had that older Paul and that younger Timothy, I'm not the first person to say that. It, it would make a world of difference in a, in a man's life. <laughs> you are so awesome. You nailed the next question that I had because that's exactly where I was going because uh, as you might remember, my son Andrew uh, is a part of the Man Up group. Not that I, I pushed him at all, but he just, he just is more mature than the college-age students. And uh, he enjoys being around uh, the older men of faith and, and, and the, the men that are on their spiritual walk. And I sense that he is too. And I was talking with him about the current state of guys that are in his age group in the, uh, the college age. And I remember there were a few uh, guys that were my age that when I was in the military and when I was in college that, were, that wanted to be men of faith. And I talked to Andrew and he couldn't tell me anybody that he knows that is pursuing God or um, is on a faith journey. And he just told me, he says, he says, dad, I, I think this particular generation just does not care. And so that's where I was going to go with you as far as mentors and how we could encourage not only men to be mentors, but how would we encourage these younger individuals to seek out a mentor? Yeah, you know, I think it comes through just a relationship. I'll give you an example in our church. You know, we're a multi-generational church and we have a college in our town. We don't have a huge college group. We have a niche of about 20 students. I wish we had more. But sometimes I wonder, why would a college student come to Southland? But I saw a beautiful picture of it uh, last year, uh, before COVID. We, we had a softball team here, a men's softball team. And that's a great way to, you know, get 20s, 30s. You know, they let me play, but only because I'm the pastor in the 40s, you know. Right. But uh, we had DH. A, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Third, third base coach is what I was, the third base coach. <laughs> right. But we had a, a college student who, who came and, and, and was part of our um, ministry. We asked him to come out and play, star player, by the way. But uh, what I noticed was that most of the guys playing on the team were 10 or 15 years older than he was. And when I looked at him, he had grown up in the church and he was on a faith journey. But he was at Southland and he was playing on the softball team because he wanted to be like those men. He wanted to have the families those men had. He wanted, the, I, I have this saying a lot, he wanted the Jesus who lived inside of them to rub off on who he was and to mold him right. and to make him. And if you would look for the opportunities, I think they're there more than you believe they are. You know, I, I think we as men, we get so focused on where we think we have to be going. You know, the next thing, 
what's the next thing? I know I, I'm just as guilty as that. Hey, I got to get to the next thing. I got to do the next thing. Um, that I once had a seminary professor tell me, so many times we miss out on what God is doing presently in our life because we are looking for what God will do in the future of our life. That if we would just pay attention and ask God, the opportunities are around us. I also think there's probably more men who are living or seeking out that faith walk, but we just don't say it. Um, and we self-isolate ourselves. And that, that's the thing I'd say, if anything, to men. Do not self-isolate for any problem, any addiction, uh, even when things are going well. You have to find that community of faith. Uh, man up group. Um, start off with an activity, whether that's a group of guys who love Jesus, who hunt together or play softball together. Um, but, you know, when I was there with you guys, we had the books and burgers. You had the man up group. I mean, just any time not to self-isolate. And that is such a temptation um, in this. Chris, I just want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us on the uh, Men Matter Director's Cut and, and going a little bit deeper into the challenges of of men of faith and as you with your ministry and, and us with Man Up. I'd just like to just get a, a couple final uh, takeaways that you would like to, uh, to offer the, the uh, audience here of Man Up. Well, first of all, men, you can't do it on your own. First and foremost, you have to have Jesus Christ uh, actively in your life. And if somehow you're listening today and you don't know Christ, um, the God who made himself known, the God who sacrificed his life for us, the God who was resurrected, until you have Christ in your life, you're always going to be seeking something. Uh, and then the second thing, you can't do life on your own. Uh, find a local church. Find a faith community of men to walk side by side with you. Uh, and third, there are no perfect men. That we're all sinners who are saved by grace. Um, there's nothing you've done uh, that I haven't at least wanted to do because we are sinners who God has forgiven us. So let the guilt go away. And rather than beat yourself up for it, begin to take the steps to have God and have God's church and the other men walk side by side with you to start moving in a direction that you can flourish, um, that you can find healing, that you can be the better husband, the better parent. Um, just find joy in life and quit living in the cycle that you're always telling yourself, tomorrow I'll change and start today. Excellent. As we finish up, let everybody know uh, how they could uh, contact uh, Southland Baptist, get involved, and or uh, support your ministry. Yeah, you can go to southlandbaptist.org, uh, which would be the easiest way to get us. So southlandbaptist.org. Um, our services are at 9 o'clock and 11.15 right now, and you can watch either of them online. Uh, we have a Facebook page or it's directly from our webpage. And uh, check us out on a Sunday, 9 o'clock and 11.15, and uh, re reach out to us. You go there. You can find our email and uh, just send us an email. 
Thank you so much, Chris, for participating in this, uh, Pastor. Uh, we totally appreciate all the support that you've given Man Up over the years, and we just want to take the opportunity to so support you and your ministry and congratulate you on further growth. Thanks so much. Bill, I appreciate you, man. Seeing your face today brought joy to my life. I tell all the guys there at Sugar Land that I miss them and I love them, and God bless you.